was I and were you born accidentally by happenstance? Did your birth just happen to come forward? Or were you and I appointed and chosen to come forth and to be here at such a time as this in the earth and in the world? Personally, I believe it's the latter. And if it's the latter, that has significance. Okay, it has significance. We live in a time where the world needs the Christ that's in us. Okay, we live at a time where the world needs the Christ that is in us. Um, the scripture says that we are God's workmanship. Do you have that, guys? Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Using the New King James Version, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean that you personally are God's workmanship? Okay. All right. I don't see Jennifer McIntyre here today, but <clears throat> most of you know, there may be a few of you who don't. This beautiful painting here was created, painted by a young lady in our church named Jennifer McIntyre. Okay. So this painting is a workmanship or a handiwork of who? Jennifer. Okay, so let's talk about this piece of workmanship or handiwork. Um, did it just happen on its own? No, no. The craftsman, craftswoman, created it. Did she create it for a purpose? Yes, it was created for a purpose. Um, is it currently serving a purpose? Can it take itself up off that wall if it chooses to? No, not by itself. Okay. Um, it is doing what the craftsman, the creator of that piece of work, designed it to do. Every Sunday that we come in here, you may not consciously think about it, but you look up there. Most Sundays I do, and I, I try to notice a different one of the names of Jesus. I wish I knew how to pronounce them, but I don't, <laughs> other than the one. Um, but uh, just looking at them, it just makes me... I really appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me. And so I'm, it's a beautiful painting. I wish I could paint, but that's not my gifting at all. Um, so anyway, the same principles apply to me, and they apply to you. Okay, We are not our own. We have been bought. Bought. You know you personally have been bought? 
You're not your own. You've been bought with the price. The blood of Jesus. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so, what does that mean for you? That you have been bought. Okay? Um, here's my thing for us. We are not placed here just to be a typical church that goes through the motions or the functions as an organization, but rather God has called us to be a living, breathing, and organic body of believers in Christ. So what does that mean? <laughs> Notice I keep asking these questions. Um, you know, in saying this, be careful because I'm not uh, saying this to come from or to make it appear to you to come from a place of pride or haughtiness. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about doing what God has called us to be doing, okay? Who he has called us to be functioning in our role, okay? Um, that's what I meant by I'm sick of it. There's more to living in Christ than just going through ritualistic routines, okay? I personally want to see and experience the power of God moving, okay? I don't want to just see it. I want to be a part of it, okay? I have a hunger for that. I want to see things happen. I want to see things move that normally would move. Um, when we think about the power of God, what does that mean to you? What, what do you normally think about? Anyone want to answer? Spiritual gifts, people getting saved, people getting healed. What else? What do you mean? Clear evidence that he has done something. Okay, great. All right, <clears throat> exactly. One of the things, you know, um, if we were just to watch TV, Okay, or if you were just to hear maybe uh, an evangelist who was in India or Africa somewhere uh, talk about God's power, what you would hear about would be the salvations and the healings and maybe people being raised from the dead or something like that, demons being cast out. Those are the things, okay, and, and a lot of times that's what we associate with God's power being at work and moving. But I want to talk about how we're likely to see the power of God. And I think the way the Lord wants to show his power for us here where we live in our time. Not that those things wouldn't be appropriate too, but I think you'll, as we go through, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. So <clears throat> when we think of, when I think of God's power, one of the first things that comes to my mind is Acts 1.8. Okay, where it talks about, but you shall receive uh, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon. Okay, um, so in looking at that, 
What Ernest shared a little bit ago is a perfect example of needing the power of God to be at work. Okay? Because <clears throat> when God's power is at work, the way that we would react in our flesh, when his power is at work in our lives, that's not the way that we do react. The way that we would react is nullified when God's power is at work in our lives. Then we can react in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the fruit that comes with the Spirit. Okay? Huge uh, difference, and I think the Lord wants to see that coming forth in us and through us to his praise and to his glory. Here's another example of what I believe would be of God's power being at work in us. Being able to give God praise and to proclaim his faithfulness when we could be pouting or fearful. Would that be seeing his power at work? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Another one, serving an unjust authority figure or supervisor with godly character and fruitfulness. Some of you work for people that aren't the best supervisor, okay? And you can either groan and complain and murmur with your other coworkers, or you can let the power of God go take effect in your life, and you have godly character and godly fruit coming forth and exhibiting a total different frame of mind and behavior than what everybody else is. Okay. That, to me, is God's power being at work in our lives in practical, tangible ways. Another one, showing love to those you would prefer to hate or to despise. This is so appropriate for our country and our nation right now. Um, you know, there's so much rancor and discord and unkind words and unkind deeds being done. And um, I believe God wants to use us to show difference, to not be like everybody else, to be different. And that ties in with my last one here, to show respect and appreciation and understanding for those who are not like you. That requires the power of God because that does not come easily. It does not come naturally to be able to show respect and appreciation and understanding for those who are not like us. Okay. Um, I want to briefly touch on this, but I'm not even going to go to the scripture. But here's an example of what I'm talking about. In Daniel, particularly, well, actually the whole book of Daniel, but I'm coming from Daniel's chapter 1 and 2, if you want to go back and look at it again. But, you know, Daniel was in royalty in the land where he was at in Ju Judah. And he was taken. An army came in, a foreign army came in and, you know, defeated his army. And he was taken, along with certain others, to this foreign land. 
And he had to then serve an ungodly king and an ungodly system. And he did. And he prospered in it. He could have decided, you know, I'm going to make it present day. I'm a Christian. Of course, he wasn't a Christian back then, but, you know, I'm, I'm making it present day. I'm a Christian. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, you know, and he could have gotten bitter and angry, and no, who knows what would happen. But that wasn't the attitude he took. Instead, he took on the attitude of, I'm going to serve this king. I'm going to go to prayer and ask God to use me to serve this king. The power of God at work in his life. The saying for us today, God is placing and will place us in situations, places, etc., where either we can act like the world or we can let the power of God take over and be at effect in our lives. And that's what God wants to do, I truly believe. All right, here's another thing of what I see for us. I see us being even more diverse than we are now. And some of you are not going to believe that, but personally, I see us being a lot more diverse than we are right now. Um, you know, when God brought me here, um, the thing that lit my heart was the diversity. That's what lit my heart, okay? And I want to see a lot more people from Asian background. I want to see a lot more people from South African background. I want to see a lot more people just different from us that are currently here, you know? Um, and I just think it's the beauty of what heaven's going to be like, okay? And when Dr. Nelson was here, he shared the scripture from Revelation. Let's read through that real quick. Revelation 7, 9 through 12, he said, the scripture says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the, and the four living creatures. They fell down and on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And I believe that for us, you know, we know God has called us to be a multi-ethnic church. But I think we can get comfortable, even though a lot of people might come in here and not be able to be comfortable with what's here now. But we who are here can get comfortable with what we got. But I think the Lord wants to make us even more diverse than we currently are, yet hold to keeping the main thing the main thing. That won't change. But for those who can come in and join with us in keeping the main thing the main thing, I think he wants us to be even more diverse than we are now, more like this scripture right here. Okay? Um, so I see us 
uh, taking that on. Another thing that I see for us is I see us impacting our community, our city, our region, and our nation and the world in greater increasing measures and ways. And it won't all be in the name of PIC, but it will be PIC people doing it and being a part of it, okay? Um, another thing that Pastor Stephen shared on January 1st was not looking at our own limitations, but like the Apostle Peter looking unto Jesus and seeing people and situations through his eyes and with his faith and not our own. We might be small in numbers compared to others, but we need to make sure we don't allow that to limit our thinking of the potential and the possibilities of how God can and will use us. For example, I see us being a bridge to provide wholeness, W-H-O-L, wholeness to the huge racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic divide that exists in our country right now. You know, we had that um, discussion here one Sunday. That was not easy, and I wasn't here. <laughs> I wasn't here, but I know it wasn't easy, okay? Uh, it was painful for some, and it was healing for others. Amazing how you can have it be that different for people who claim to be Christians. But it was, and it's because of who we are naturally, where we come from, our perspective, our prism, okay, that we have, okay? But we have to keep the main thing the main thing, but I see God using us because we are multi-ethnic and diverse, using us to help bring wholeness and healing out there, okay, to the people out there, okay? Greensboro is a city known for civil rights, Okay, we are strategically positioned to be a, have a powerful impact on continuing to pr promote and provide that healing and that restoration in the natural ways. Okay, using the spiritual means. Another way I see us, I see us bringing together our educators and offering workshops and seminars to other educators that will bless and help them. Okay. We have people with doctorate degrees in here and others who are teachers, okay, and work with school, schools, et cetera. Some may homeschool, others in public schools, others universities. But we have people here. You know, I have taught in the public schools, and I have been a coach in the public schools. So I have seen and know personally the need that's out there. And we have people here. We, not, we may not be able to offer as a church in the name of PIC, okay, things that educational systems and school districts, public educational systems and school districts will endorse and send their teachers to. But we have educators here, and maybe at some point in time, okay, they might get together and say, you know what, we can do this that will really be a blessing. We have these tools, these resources, so that we can use and provide them. We may do that workshop seminar here. We may go to a hotel and do it somewhere at a, and use a room at a hotel, whatever, okay? But I can, we have people who can do that and be a tremendous blessing um, 
to others who need that knowledge and information that they have so much. They need it so much. Uh, another way I see us, God using us, is serving single parents and broken homes in ways that will bless and encourage those families. Okay? Well, we know we've got that going on over at Dartmouth, but Dartmouth is by far not the only place where that's going on. Okay? Um, you know, and again, that is something, it doesn't have to be done organizationally, formally. It can be done in one or two or three of you getting together and going and doing it yourselves, you know. That kind of stuff already happens somewhat. It's interesting, Stephen and I, you know, will be together or we'll text each other, did you know so-and-so did such-and-such? Nah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because usually when we find out about it, you know, it's, you know, they'll let us know. And those types of things already occur, you know, but what I'm saying is I see it happening more and more and in greater measures, okay? Um, you know, I can just, I could see us doing things for some single moms and just, you know, providing some child care for them one Saturday or something like that and taking them away or bringing them here and just having a day to just bless those women and, you know, whatever would be good for them. And then, oh, just the blessing of that, okay? Doing some things uh, for children that come from broken homes and just to give them some hope and some inspiration. And everything we do, you know, it's going to be woven with the gospel message at some point and in some way. But the main way the gospel is going to be shared with them is through the love that we share with them. By this, they will know we are Christians by our love. Okay, that's the main way it's the gospel message is going to be shared with them. Okay, um, the last one I'll share with you, and how I see God using us, is by taking worship to the streets. You know, I I wrote this up for those of you who are not part of the worship team. I uh, actually shared some of this with them in an email. I don't know months ago. And uh, I think they think I am weird, which I am. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I see, you know, we have a worship team. And our worship team is divided into four groups. And each group has a Sunday. And, you know, so today was Ernest was the worship leader for today. All right. Um. But we have people who um, are part of our worship team who they just, they're there because they feel like God has them to be there. But that is not their uh, professional calling, you might would say. Okay. I have been a part of worship teams and, and music teams and churches before where it was so professional that you were just totally intimidated to even be a part of it. And their goal and their everything was about uh, recordings and um, big events and stuff like that. Well, uh, one of my struggles here, I'm the, Ben, my son, is the administrator over the worship team, but I'm the elder over the worship team. And I kind of like, uh, give them inspiration and hopefully vision casting. And sometimes I have to use my spur to 
move them a little bit. But anyway, uh, so one of the things that for me is just inspiring them and motivating them to believe above and beyond what they think they can do, okay? Uh, because we're, we're not a b bunch of professional musicians and singers. But I tell you one thing that that group is, they have a heart to love God. <laughs> they have a heart, every one of them that's a part of that worship team has a heart to love God. And I have shared with them that at some point in the future, I see us taking worship from here and whatever place we might be at that time, taking it to parks, taking it to senior citizens' homes, taking it um, to foreign countries, um, wh wherever God leads us, okay? But just doing stuff like that. Um, I'm going to share with all of you right now uh, something I don't know that I've sh I may have shared it with Mike or Ernest, but I'm not sure. But anyway, um, a long time ago, the Lord gave me a vision. It was in a dream, but um, to me, it looked like it was somewhere in South America, even though I've never been to South America. But it was on this mountain, and on the near the very top of the mountain, there was like this cleft cut out. And I was a part of a group of singers and musicians that God had placed up on this, in this cleft at the t near the top of this mountain. And there were people down in the valley. You could see them down, and they were just going about doing their thing. And when you look down there, it looked like they were bound up, and they were depressed, and it wasn't good, but they were doing their regular living, their, their regular life. And God had us to start singing and playing. And we started singing and playing. And as we played and as we sang, things changed down in the valley with the people. And they began to look up. And the countenance on their faces changed as we sang and as we played. And you mentioned transformation. And, you know, how that will ever be made manifest, it may not ever be made manifest physically. But I see our worship team going out and being placed in strategic places to affect change and to transform the way things are to the way God wants them to be. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, last thing, seasons. Dr. Nelson asked last week, he asked us to pray and find out what season are we in. Okay. Um, in Psalms 1-3, it talks about um, we will be like a tree yielding its fruit in due season. And in Galatians 6-9, it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. So there are seasons. Um, there's, for us in the natural, it's, you know, spring, summer, winter, and fall. I shared with the elders this morning that I feel like where we are, I feel like we are coming out of the winter and we are in early spring as a church. Um, and you know, calendar wise is probably the only place where one season ends and another one begins. In the 
reality, seasons overlap, okay? And I feel like that's probably where we are. Because um, we as a church, and I won't go into all the, the details right now, but for those of you who've been here a while, you know, we've come through some really rough places uh, in a lot of different ways in the last several years. And we've had time, our time additionally of pruning. And I think where God has us is now we're ready to start, you know, buds coming on the stems, blossoms coming on. Then the next thing that's going to happen is fruit. And then it's going to be time to start picking that fruit. Okay. And I feel like we're in the early spring um, time and then the harvest is coming after that. Um, So, I just wanted to share these things with you, uh, and I want to uh, submit them for you to be praying about. Um, I am not the senior pastor here. Stephen is, and um, you know, but he and I talk, and uh, I've shared some of this stuff with him already. But uh, you know, I just want to acknowledge before all of you that um, come here. I want to acknowledge before all of you, you know, this guy right here, we pick on each other so much, but I love him deeply as a brother in the Lord. And uh, I have seen him grow so much in the time I've been here. I've seen him change a lot. Um, Just this week, um, you know, I was thinking about him and I was just thinking, in ways that I've seen God grow him, mature him, change him, um, things that he and I have personally shared with each other that none of you know about and never will. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I am blessed and honored. You know, in the natural, I'm going to be I'm transparent, in the natural, there have been times where I've had difficulties serving this guy because I'm older than he is. He could be my son, and I'm black, and he's white, and here is a black man serving the white man again, okay? All right? You know, so in the natural, there have been times, and I've told him, so this is not a surprise to him. We've had, thank God, he and I have been able to have these discussions before. I am so, because I couldn't have this discussion with just anybody. So I'm very thankful that he and I have been able to have these discussions and but in the Lord, I am honored and blessed to serve this guy. And I serve you all because God has put me here to serve him. OK, and you can go sit down now. <laughs> but I just, you know, I submit all this to you guys, uh, you know, and I'm just interested. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very sober. Um challenged, I have a lot of expectation about what is God getting ready to do with us and watching it all come to pass, okay? The reason why I'm challenged and I'm sober is because as one of the elders and pastors here, I know where all that's coming back to, the responsibility of it, but I'm excited to see you guys step forward and to see God move us beyond just the church going through routines and and having meetings to be being that living organic powerful 
moving in God's power, moving in God's strength, um, church that I know he's called us to be. Well, amen. Thank you, Michael, for sharing all that. And, you know, I do think um, the Lord has positioned us for this season. You know, and that's what Dr. Nelson was talking about last week is the season that we're in, the seasons we come through and the seasons he's going to take us through. There is an overlapping of those seasons and there is a place where the Lord has us. And, you know, as, as I said in the beginning of 2017 and just this month in the beginning, it's a season of victory, I, I, a year of victory, 2017. I believe there's going to be victory in ways that we don't even think about victory. Um, victory in, in areas of our life, the recalling of dreams, the resurrection of dreams, the breaking of limits. There's going to be a lot of things we look back on. And, you know, what I, what I really hear the Lord saying, you know, in prayer on Wednesday nights, we've been praying corporately as we had um, a, a vision meeting last Saturday. And, and it's, as I heard the body minister to the body, whether it's Michael or Dr. Nelson or someone else, is creativity, God wanting to use us in ways that gets us outside of the box. You know, many times we come to church, we do our thing, and we go home, and, and we, we do our thing during the week. We pick up our Bible, read it, but then we, that routine goes on and on and on. But all this goes together in so many ways of, of something I was sharing at the leaders meeting, the vision meeting, is dreaming big dreams, allowing God to take us to places as we break off limits and really utilizing our spiritual gifts. We talk about spiritual gifts here and using those spiritual gifts, but, but what is the Lord doing in your life, but also in the life of this church? Because it doesn't make sense at Dartmouth Court, if you, if you don't know what Dartmouth Court is, it's an apartment complex that's our neighbor, 28 living units within that. But what we're doing in so many ways there, the impact, and we don't even know the full impact. You know, we went at Christmas, right before Christmas, and it was a day like today, pouring the rain, and we, we Christmas caroled. We had nine doors open out of 20, 29. We, there's one house across the street, and we could have walked away from that saying, wow, the impact wasn't that great. We, we still had all these bags and gift cards and things that we didn't deliver. But yet... When we went back, when Andrew and I went back and then Carrie and I went back two separate days and we delivered all the bags except for four, so many people said, oh, we heard you caroling. We, we knew you were here. Um, and I think Vicki or, or Andrew, one of you said that or someone else or maybe it was Sharon, the, the, um, the witness that this is that we're here in the rain, loving people, um, they, we didn't see it that day, but we heard it that um, afternoon or that morning we went or the afternoon we went. That That's what PIC is doing. Um, we do things, and we had this vision meeting, we do things that are different than what other churches do, and, and, and we do things that are similar. But also other churches do things that we don't do. There's a unique calling upon us, and, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And, I, and as much as we can be, right? There's, how comfortable do you get in diversity? How comfortable do you get in, in so many things? But the Lord has positioned us to move forward this year, and, and I'm excited about that, that, how he's going to use each and every one of us as we move forward. And, you know, next week I want to share um, what, what I shared at the vision meeting some is our focus values. Um, some of the things that we, we already are, but things that I'm looking for us to, to really focus on in this coming year and, and even the years beyond. But, you know, some of those things that we love big and we live on, that we worship passionately, these things and what that means for us as a church. Things that we're already doing, but where the Lord is calling us up maybe to a higher level. And what does it mean to love big? What does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? Things that we already talk about, but we also have areas to grow within that as well. And so, 
you know, join us this Wednesday night um, at prayer. Six to seven is, is generally, we start at six, which generally end at seven. And just come and listen and hear what the Lord is doing. The Lord will speak to you, um, I believe, and, and join in um, on that corporate side. And then um, also next Sunday, um, as we come, and we kind of finish our time of prayer. Prayer, prayer and fasting. We're gonna we're gonna set aside some time to pray and just um, even maybe have some time of testimony of what has the Lord shown you during this fast. And so we'll go from there. One.